And so to me, the Marianists just really know how to stand at the crux of perhaps what is most life-giving of our Catholic and Christian tradition and what is most life-giving about our humanity. Welcome to Sharing Our Marianist Stories, a podcast produced by the North American Center for Marianist Studies in Dayton, Ohio. I'm Mike Bennett, Media Administrator for NACMAS. In this episode, we continue our celebration of the Marianist Social Justice Collaborative's 25th anniversary by featuring a panel that was moderated by Sarah Gray and features three volunteers from issue teams within the MSJC. I will turn the floor over to Sarah, and you'll hear my voice again towards the end of this episode of Sharing Our Marianist Stories. I'm Sarah Gray. I currently live in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'm the executive director of the Marianist Social Justice Collaborative, or MSJC for short. And yeah, I get to work with all the issue teams. So we have seven active issue teams right now, and then um, two project teams as well. So the seven active issue teams look at different areas of social justice, and each team kind of creates education, advocacy, pastoral outreach, anything they have capacity and interest to do around advancing justice on that issue. And then we have kind of two internal project teams right now, which are helping us with organizational anti-racism and our fundraising capacity. We have about 80 active volunteers on all across all, you know, nine of those teams that are doing different things, both internal to MSJC and external. This is the second podcast. We did one kind of looking at the past um, people who were there when we first started MSJC. And then this one is right now, like kind of the present and then looking forward. So what we're just asking everyone to share, you know, is your name, where you're joining us from, and then your connections with MSJC and how you got involved. I can start. My name is Ishruiz and I am a part of the Marianist LGBTQ plus initiative team. I have been a part of this team since 2014. I was the chair of the team for several years and now I stepped down. Someone else took uh, took on that reign and, and now I am just a member. I'm Julia Love. I'm in Philadelphia. I'm part of Adele Social Justice Project, or ASJP, and I was invited to join in 2020, and I've been part of it ever since. My name is Maureen O'Rourke. I'm in Dayton, Ohio, and I serve as a co-chair for the Racial Justice Issue Team, and as a collaboration with the Marianist Lay Network of North America, serve on the um, steering committee of MSJC as a rep for lay Marianists in the U.S. The second question is, why are you passionate about this work? And I think that could be, why are you passionate about social justice in general? Why are you passionate about being on a volunteer organization within the Marianist family? And it also could be, why are you passionate about the specific social justice team or group you're working with? So I'll invite whoever wants to start on that. I think my passion starts with community. And when I was reached out to for ASJP in the pandemic, it was a really opportune time to feel like this larger connection, especially with not going to church and not even really seeing Marianists. That really drew me into MSJC to begin with. But I think what continues to keep me passionate about this work is the excitement in our group to keep including people and keep like raising young voices in the church and that we're not walking away from something that's difficult, but like we're facing it head on. And so 
the more people that face it head on, the more my own passion grows. And so that community building has really kept me in it. I think the uh, work of social justice is deeply personal. It's hard to do social justice and not bring one's own self into the conversation. My involvement with the LGBTQ plus team comes from my own personal identity and experience as a gay man, specifically as a gay Catholic, who suffered both incredible uh, exclusion and disintegration at the hands of the church, but also experienced incredible and boundless joy in spaces that were inclusive to LGBTQ plus people. And I was a witness to, um, my life is a witness to the creative energy um, and joy that comes about uh, when a person, regardless of sexual orientation or gender identity, is fully embraced in the eyes of the community and the uh, as a person created in the image of God. And Throughout this work, I've been blessed to work with people who approach the question of LGBTQ plus inclusion through many angles and a common, it is a common passion to bring one's own experience or the experience of our loved ones. So for example, people who, uh, people who are members of our team often identify as uh, straight and cisgender, but ha- may have a child or a dear friend who is a member of the LGBTQ plus community and they can connect. I think for me, justice and equity and right relationship has been a passion of mine, probably because how I was raised and engaged my whole life and and before I met the Marianus family. And then I think where where this all came together is once I experienced the charism and met Marianist people and realized who I am and what I am passionate about aligns I think beautifully with the charism and this community of people who are working and modeling a Marian church to our world, to a place and space and a faith community and systems that, that we want to be better and that we are invested in a part of and a great gift. And so I, I feel called to, to partner and to serve with MSJC because of the greatest gift of doing that in that community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you all. Those are very moving responses. And I think really echo what Ish said, which is that, you know, you don't show up to this work unless you're yeah, pretty closely connected to it and, and feel even the small steps forward as being really positive in your life and the people around you, which is, I think really important, which leads us actually right into the next question, which is, you know, what has been one visible or tangible impact you've seen through the work of your issue team? So you could talk about maybe a project or an event or, or something bigger that you really see as something, you know, we can put our hands on that your team has had an impact on in the last few years or since you've been working with MSJC. So like I said, I joined in the pandemic and it was a really big deal when we got to have our first annual retreat. Don't know if you can call it annual. It took a couple of years, but it was super exciting to be in person with everyone and to like experience them in that way. It felt like I was meeting them for all for the first time. And something we dedicated to doing while we were on our planning retreat was getting local young people in Dayton to this discussion event and, you know, a lot of anxiety of, will anyone come? Will anyone want to talk about these topics, these really controversial topics that maybe different generations or different groups of people are not talking about? And when we got there and were waiting and within moments, the entire room that we reserved is completely filled and there's not enough chairs. And some of our group is standing outside to make room for 
more visitors and more conversation. And that was one of the most exciting moments in this, in ASJP to really see that young people are craving these conversations, are showing up for them. And we want to just continue. We've been talking a lot about finding different ways to engage in our local communities because it was, it was really exciting. Yeah. Julie, can you say more about what did you guys ask there again? Like you, you had questions out on the tables, right? And then people kind of broke into discussion groups. I believe some of them were, how do you, how has your voice been heard or not heard in the church as a young person? What are directions that you want to see the church going in? What are your hopes for the future of the church? And what do you think they're doing right? What do you think they're doing wrong? I believe one of the questions was, if you could change one thing about the way the Catholic Church is run today, what would it be? The uh, LGBT team has been incredibly busy. We've produced, we've done the year, uh, yearly retreats for LGBTQ plus persons and their families. We've produced a wonderful video uh, resource uh, along with a discussion guide that helps Marianists uh, live out our charism by embracing LGBTQ plus persons. Uh, and we've also produced a resource for educators at schools, but perhaps the project that I am most excited about is our trans initiative. And the reason I am excited about that is because in the world of LGBTQ plus inclusion in the Catholic Church, issues of gender and trans inclusion are at the forefront of the conversation right now. This is the hot topic. This is a question that many church institutions really don't know how to answer. And our team has been wonderful at being being leaders in the conversation, uh, proposing new ways of engaging, uh, doing what Marianists do best, which is build community and open a space for dialogue so that people can discern and journey together. And an example of that was seen at the latest Marianist Lake Communities of North America Assembly, MLCNA, where the trans subdivision of our LGBT team led a workshop that was very well attended, very well received, and where people were able to really bring genuine questions about ministry, about obstacles and challenges, about joys, and perhaps even more importantly, were able to listen to the testimonies of trans Catholics who shared their experience and their own insights about what they would like to see in the church. And the reason I uh, I mentioned this project, and I'm not involved in the trans team, the least, the, but the reason I mentioned this project is because I found myself growing as a Catholic and as a minister as a result of, of the work of that team. And I'm a part of the LGBT initiative. I'm not involved with that particular project, but every time I attend one of their sessions, I am just blown away by by what they're doing. And I, I, I really hope to see it continue because it's an important conversation. The racial justice issue team founded, I think, in 2018 by um, I think about five or six of us back then who really felt passionate around this issue in in our country. And so we've done some really fantastic things over the years. But one thing that stands out to me specifically was back in the spring of 2022, our issue team partnered with a national organization called Crossroads Anti-Racism and partnered in an effort to create a session. It was an opportunity where Crossroads facilitated a training to really dive into what is systemic racism, how do we engage in it, and you know what can we grow and learn in both individually, but also institutionally. Um, and just was really was a powerful opportunity to dive deeply into what systemic racism is, what we're called to do to become anti-racist, and to look at that through a lens of faith and, and as a Mary's family. 
you know, to do the internal piece, but also the external. This this internal work has to be done in us, but it's for the greater good beyond us. I really think that was maybe one of our kind of like highlight events over the years. And one of the greatest gifts of doing that was then the follow-up became for MSJC organizationally was to take on this deeper commitment to becoming anti-racist. And so out of that comes this anti-racism ad hoc committee. And I think that will be a great witness to the Marianist family, to our partners and collaborators. And I'm just excited for what might unravel and unfold and blossom because of that. Yeah, I actually am wondering if all of you could just talk a little bit about like the structure of your team and what the pro like right now, maybe what your projects are, overall things like that might just be helpful to give people context. So RSU team has about eight members. We are pretty much around the Midwest. Um, we did have some people out in the Pacific part of our country who were with us. We do have um, little subcommittees that will gather for certain um, events or programs or initiatives. But for the most part, we tend to gather as, as a whole team. For Adult Social Justice Project, we have about seven or eight. We try to support other issue teams as well, but our main mission is giving a voice to young people in the church um, and living out that Adele spirit. Our issue team is composed of about 12 people. It has had as many as 15 in the past, and it spans the entire, the entire nation. Given the numerous projects that we have down the pipeline at all times, we have subcommittees that are project-oriented, such as a, a retreat committee, a trans committee, uh, w which puts on programming uh, related to trans inclusion. An education committee, which works with schools and, and, and the education research that we, project, that we published. And we also had an ad hoc committee to put together that video. And once we produced the video, or which, which is about embracing LGBTQ plus people according to our charism, that committee would, would just no longer meet. An ex another example of an ad hoc committee is the committee that is planning our Imago Day assembly, uh, which is an assembly for... LGBTQ plus Catholic ministry to be held at Bergamo in 2024. Also, we have some some subcommittees that do advocacy that don't necessarily have something tangible that they do, but rather meet to see what new initiatives should be proposed. And so they are in conversations with the Office of Sponsorship, uh, the leadership of Marianist universities, etc. Each of these committees can have anywhere between two, five people, six, seven people. But what's cool too is that if they're doing something local like uh, like planning a retreat in, in Cincinnati or in St. Louis, they also solicit the help of local people who can join that small committee to help us plan that event. And so the LGBT team has a formal cap at 15 members, but also welcomes in temporary assistance for our local projects, which is great. A great way to have a group of committed people who have some continuity, but also a group of amazing committed people who can only contribute a particular amount of time. Yeah. And jumping right off that, one thing we haven't discussed either is that we like to describe MSJC as truly a great example of collaboration, obviously, amongst ourselves and branching out, but also, you know, of really holding to the value of discipleship of equals. We have members of all three branches of the Marianist family across all of our issue teams. We have a representative on our steering committee from all of the branches. And then one other thing I want to say, too, which we only have three 
of our volunteers here tonight who represent three of our issue teams. But there are four other active issue teams that I just think we should probably name too. We have the Death Penalty Abolition and Restorative Justice Team, which is our longest active team right now and are still still doing off some stuff and have kind of shifted gears to include restorative justice in later years, which is great to see. Our Immigrant Justice Team, Integral Ecology, which is our uh, newest team. It's in partnership with the Marianist Environmental Education Center, Meek, which is in Dayton. Um, So that's kind of a unique collaborative team too that's doing a lot of work both localized and then broader to the Marinus family and then um, the women in justice issue team so those are all of our active issue teams that are coalescing around specific social justice issues we know um, that the work of justice inherently ruffles feathers or makes people uncomfortable or can sometimes create tension I was hoping that whoever, you know, feels comfortable or has an example of this might share like how you and your team have maybe overcome a challenge in advancing justice in the last few years. One of the unique challenges of advancing the work of LGBTQ plus justice in the Catholic Church is the question of magisterial doctrine. Because the Catholic Church has an established doctrine that forbids, for example, homosexual sexual activity and gender expressions that do not correspond to the male and female binary, many Catholic leaders are afraid to make space, even space for dialogue on conversations that might that might touch upon positions that are contrary to the Catholic Church. Particularly in the U.S., questions of justice, unfortunately, often disregard other issues of race, poverty, and I argue other more serious violations of human dignity and are often focused on pelvic matters of sexuality. So uh, on top of this Catholic doctrine, we have a Catholic culture in the U.S. that is obsessed with policing matters of sexual morality. And that really stifles dialogue and it really stifles the work of justice for LGBTQ plus people because any kind of advance that we make on behalf of the dignity of LGBTQ plus people is often reinterpreted as an endorsement of a particular sexual lifestyle. I think that our Marianist family is also uh, susceptible to that trend. And in many ways, we've had to have difficult conversations about what our work is and and what some of the boundaries of the work are to really assure and express our commitment to upholding the dignity of LGBTQ plus people, to making space for them in the church, to making sure that they know that they are loved and valued by our community, that they are loved by God, that they are made in God's image. As a team, we are not advocating positions contrary to the church. We are simply making space for everyone, regardless of where they are in their journey with the church and the church's teaching, to find a place where they can build community and build a relationship with God through each other. And having to explain that to people within our church and within our Marianist family is sometimes frustrating and it takes an extra step and it takes effort that could otherwise go toward the actual space we're trying to build. And so we have to often advocate for our right to exist and to occupy space by assuring people that we're not trying to burn down the church or tear the fabric of society or destroy the sanctity of marriage. We simply want a place where we can be and be in community and experience God's grace. And it's incredible sometimes and frustrating that such a, a low bar receives so much resistance from our church and, and from our Marianist family. But I am again proud of the team 
because a couple of us, myself included, are hotheads who want to just, you know, go in there and shake someone. But we have, we do a good job of calming each other down, uh, using our team space as a space to vent, to reassure each other, to affirm our work, and, but then to strategize prudent ways forward that will actually make the work effective. Yeah. And just to say like back on that too, like I do think that that is a challenge, especially for very like hot topic issues. And I think the political environment in America really impacts the church. But I do think there is this, this strength of the Marianist family that when we have come to the table, especially the LGBTQ team to stand firm, to say we have a right to be here. The Marianist family continues to meet us there. We feel so strongly about this ministry being part of the Marianist family. And that is such a gift. And when we commit to do things that are truly listening to everyone, everyone who has concerns, different entities in the Marianist family that just have questions and want to make sure whatever we're doing makes sense to them and, and is being taken with, you know, sure-footedness. I think the results of that are are always just really powerful, even though they're sometimes slow. So like the video-ish that you mentioned has over 15,000 views. Hundreds of people have found us, have never heard of the Marianist family, but have found us because they've seen that video and reach out and are so hungry for that space, right? And that video, right. And that video took five years to make, but because of the support from everyone, once it was out, there weren't questions. It, everyone was on board. Yes, this is what we stand for hundred percent, right? And so I think that that's just important to name too, that 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 challenge sometimes leads to, to bear a lot of fruit too. Yeah, and I'll add that after every event that members of the fam, fam, family leader, uh, Marianist leadership have been a part of, after every event, they have expressed support and continued commitment to the work. And so I agree. I agree. It is both a source of frustration, but also a source of relief and encouragement. But that's the work. That's, that's, that's what makes LGBTQ plus ministry unique is, and important. Well, I, I thought less of our issue team, more of like the church. And, mm. you know, before 2020, particularly, people were like, well, why are we talking about race? Like, why? We don't need to talk about this. Why? Why upset? Why stir up? Why? And it's like, because so much occurred, right? Like, there's been so much pain. There's been so much oppression. And the system is not not just broken. The system was built this way. And so it's really, we have to engage in um, an uncovering this and bringing it to light, just seeking reconciliation, reparation, right? There's all these layers and levels. I haven't had that be a challenge for our issue team that I've encountered anyway. Um, so it's hard to name that as, as a challenge for us that we've overcome. But I do find that for our issue team members in the space that we're in, um, but also in the many different spaces we find ourselves with local parishes and communities and groups, the larger Marius family, that we often hear in in gatherings that people say, well, where where are the people representing this community or this social group or where are the people of color? Why Why aren't they here with us? Like, why? How do we invite them? And it's interesting to try and really encourage their consideration of that and asking instead, why is this a space where those people might not feel welcome, don't feel welcome, right? They're not choosing to be here. And so what it is, what is the work that we need to be doing to become a space? So a lot of that is, is bringing to light the pain, the hurt, the oppression, the ways in which we engage in those systems and then to be different because of it. So let's make our spaces different and hope that then they become spaces where we can welcome and engage and partner and collaborate and be gifted by the expertise and friendship and partnership of 
so many great people. And so, you know, being attentive to that conversation, to turning those questions around, there's work we need to do. Um, and we're not going to put that on somebody else. What makes working for justice with MSJC worthwhile to you personally? What what has impacted you in your time with MSJC about the impact it's had on you or why you're still here and, and why it's important that we show up to this space? I don't think I've ever known a safe space like I know the Marianists. As I grew through the Marianists, you know, you think you're being vulnerable and you think you're connecting with people. And then that moment hits. And I think that moment has hit a lot for me in MSJC through the Adele Social Justice Project that I feel like vulnerability has been given back to me tenfold. So I was always scared to like open up more. And that's not really what I was taught the Catholic Church to be, that it was not an open place, that it was not really this safe space of understanding. And ASJP has been the complete opposite and really challenged my beliefs around that that my voice is heard and that we're just not just a bunch of kids rattling off about things, that it's real fears and real feelings and real accomplishments and real detriment. And we share that every time we meet, where are you at today? And I just have never known a group to be so dedicated to continuing to make this space safe and understanding and willing and like almost like bending over backwards to understand each other. And that keeps me coming back when I feel depleted of energy. For me, uh, my thoughts went to the word hope. I think sometimes we do the work of justice without really, you know, we plant seeds without really knowing what the fruit will be. But working with the Marianist Social Justice Collaborative is both planting the seed and, and also witnessing its fruit. Because some of the work that we do, obviously, is very tangible. We see the immediate results, etc. But, but also... When I look at the broader church and I look at the incredible things that Pope Francis is, is doing, promoting synodality, dialogue, inclusivity, I'm here thinking, yeah, but the Marianist Social Justice Collaborative has been doing this for a very long time. And it's kind of neat to see that the work that we're doing, that the, that the church is catching up to us. And, and that gives me hope. That makes me think that the Marianist Social Justice Collaborative not, is not some sort of just snowflake that, you know, that's just floating around, but rather it makes me think that it is connected to a broader mission and it, it is affecting a broader mission and, and, and it is observable. Uh, and the advances that the church has accomplished with LGBTQ plus inclusion have been monumental in the past 10 years. And the Marianists in our corner of the world have been at the forefront of those advances. And so I am hopeful for LGBTQ plus inclusion. And thanks to the Marianist Social Justice Collaborative, I know that it is not a foolish hope. I think in many ways I would echo what is shared. The piece about hope, this, you know, this image that we have for who the church can be, what the church can be at our best is is I think what we're living in some ways with MSJC, with the Marianist family. So when I think about particularly like my work with the issue team, it it's really like companions on the journey. It's like ministering to the ministers, right? Like it's a really, it's a space to be gathered and sent and there's purpose to it. There's mission, you know, we're doing some deep work together um, but we're also, you know, those times where you need to be refreshed and replenished, it creates that space. And I think this is, this is tough stuff. You have to have that grounding. And so it provides grounding. It also provides that little swift kick <laughs> um, to do something. And the piece that 
that I really appreciate from MSGC is that it also inspires what I do locally. So it's the conversation nationally, it's our efforts nationally, but it also is is really like a purpose-driven connection to why I engage in my local community around relationships, around justice in the center city and how and I how I live in my city, right? Um, the organizations I support and, you know, the businesses and the places I surround myself in, that it really calls us to action and advocacy in our local spaces also. And I would hate for that to ever be lost, that that partnership with who we are here and there. What I'd love to hear from, from you is, you know, you could talk about one hope, like what do you hope to see from MSJC five years from now, 10 years from now, the general future um, where do you think MSJC could be a leader in the future? What would you like to see MSJC, you know, tackling in the future? I can start. Two things came to mind for me. The first is kind of actually related to you, Sarah. I would like to see you supported with the resources, the staff, the time, the self-care that you need to continue to support all these issue teams, because I think that your presence and in my experience, the leadership of Jim Vote, who was your predecessor, was simply a cornerstone for all of the teams. And so from a sustainability point, like I would like to see that. As far as mission goes, I would like to see MSJC become a center of our Marianist family. The work of justice is, is something that can serve to connect all of us, all of the branches. And sometimes MSJC feels like like the pet that we're all racing. And, and I want it to be more of of what's driving all of our institutions. And I wish to see Marianist institutions, schools, parishes, universities, and Marianist-like communities really integrate with our work more. When you said resources, it made me think maybe in 10 years, we could have part-time people for every issue team and kind of have that investment paired with the volunteers that they are part-time in a financial way, but also, you know, you know, in a way that puts it in, in the front of their brain. Not that volunteers aren't amazing and we've been driving on volunteers and I don't ever want to say that that should go away. But I think that collaborative effort of people who have that investment in addition with volunteers is just a huge resource I would love to see. I think there's been great growth since the addition of an assistant when Jim and then we partnered Jim and Sarah and then Sarah <laughs> and now Sarah and Aaron. It's just immense when you can dedicate staff time to this and um, a great witness of the Marius family in stepping up to that and in supporting that because the financial piece is really, it's extremely important to do that. And we're at a place in the stage in who we are as a family to say we we need this, we want this, and we will allocate in order to do this. And so from the lens of an issue team, right, I know it's wonderful to be so volunteer-based, right? To be to have such a fantastic engagement of all these people who are connected to MSJC on a on a steady monthly basis, but also the hundreds, right, that engage in programming uh, for MSJC throughout the year. And so it's wonderful to be wonderful to be volunteer based, but the addition of staff, dedicated staff support to the efforts of the issue teams is just so extremely helpful in enlivening, in taking on some of the tasks and the opportunities and the follow up that that some volunteers just can't. It just doesn't fit within their scope. So I would support the dedicated the addition of additional dedicated staff people to this work. 
I have this massive admiration for the LGBTQ plus initiative. Always have, always will. <laughs> Something that I think that issue team does so well is engages in the local diocese and Catholic communities in which they are hosting events. And um, what I love about that is the way they invite church leaders into conversation. And I know that that's difficult, but I also know it creates so much room for experience, right? For relationship, for inviting some growth and maybe even nudging it, moving it or pushing it. But I wonder what are the opportunities long-term for MSJC to really develop better parts of our Catholic church in this country by being in those conversations, by creating those conversations. You know, if, again, if growth allowed, is that our gift to this country and to this church to be the nudgers and the wooers and the pushers? And where could that land all of us? I have a really abstract dream for the 25 years in the hopes of like, continuing to ruffle feathers like the my 25 year dream is that we're like a little famous like our voice is being heard on such a scale that we have people who are against us and I think when you have debate on whether and, I, and I'm sure we have it a little bit now but I think when you have debate on what you're trying to achieve you know you're headed in the right direction and so in 25 years whatever little pushback we have I hope it's larger and that we're even larger to combat it how about another 20 well this is probably like a 125 year goal hopefully that msjc stops existing because we have accomplished the work of building the kingdom of god on earth how's that for a goal i have one question i'd like to interject and that is how has the marianist charism impacted the work of msjc and how might it be a guiding force for msjc into the future I was uh, actually thinking about this the other day uh, because I've had the the blessing of work of well studying with the Jesuits where I did my uh, my graduate school my doctoral program. I've worked in a Lasallian school. I've worked with the Vincentians, the Daughters of Charity. This is these are places where I've been employed, and I've worked with the Marianists. And it's all, always so curious that you know all of these religious orders really love their charism and consider their charism to be the best expression of faith. And to me, they're all wrong. The Marianist is by far the best <laughs> expression of faith. No, I'm just, I'm only half kidding. But what brings, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on my theologian's hat by just thinking not so much of community, but more theologically of the concept of communion. The idea that there is a bond that unites us, that that bond is bigger than us, that it is, that, that encompasses us, that reflects us, but that is greater than the sum of our parts that, uh, brings us together in tangible ways, but that also sends us forth. And I think the Marianist family, simply put, has a balance of of all the components necessary to precisely live in community, live in communion, live in the world, live fully human lives, from the technical questions of hospitality to the more relational components of how do we connect with each other to the future visions of justice and the external commitments to community via justice. And they're all informed theologically by the Virgin Mary, her life, her witness. And so to me, the Marianists just really know how to stand at the crux of perhaps what is most life-giving of our Catholic and Christian tradition and what is most life-giving about our humanity. So I was thinking um, the concept is 
to Jesus through Mary. So our charism, the gift of who we are and what we give to the world is, is Marian. And so if we're looking as to Mary as our model and we're looking to build this Marian model of a church, you know, it, it means it's a little warmer, a little softer, but it's also fiercely just. It involves getting our hands dirty. It involves relationship. There are all these things we're called to because of the witness of this woman who changed our world. And so I think our charism inspires what we do and how we do it through every aspect of MSJC. And our desire, our hope is the charism that did that, that inspired us, um, also nurtures all that we become, not just us, but our church, our country, our world. So I think that model of Mary is in the world too, how we operate. Yeah. And I'll just say one more thing, which is we have about 80 active volunteers and I would say probably around 15 to 20 of them found us on the internet. Didn't really have Marianist connections, but, but we're specifically looking for some sort of justice organization they could, they could join that was doing specific work in the Catholic church. And so in the future, I, I think it's going to be really important to like, I think maybe MSJC hasn't done the best job of bringing those people fully into the Marianist family. But I think that's something that we would love to be doing more of and be doing better, you know, moving forward, the people who are drawn to us, you know, helping them really be in the full part of our family and not just um, siloed with MSJC, but thinking of how we can do that too, realizing that we can be that drawing force with the justice piece and then helping people really experience our charism more deeply once they engage with MSJC. Don't click that stop button yet. Before we finish with our final question, Sarah has some parting words for us. I want to say thank you to Mo and Julia and Ish for, first of all, your yes to participate in this conversation, but mostly your steadfastness in being volunteers with MSJC over many years and leaders in this work and some of my favorite people to work with. Just really thankful to all of you and all of MSJC's volunteers, everyone who supports us in the Marianist family. And a big thank you to NACMIS for giving us the space to have these important conversations and celebrate 25 years of existence and hope and joy and justice. And a word of thanks to you, our listener, for listening to this episode of Sharing Our Marianist Stories and for your continued support of the North American Center for Marianist Studies. Make sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so that you'll be notified when we have future episodes released. And follow us on our social media accounts at This Is NACMIS on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube so that you have access to our ongoing educational and formational content focused on our Marianist family, history, and charism. And now to wrap up this episode of Sharing Our Marianist Stories, we return with our final question. We know that the Marianist founders corresponded via letter writing. So if you were going to write a letter to any person, dead or alive, and be guaranteed a response, who would you write to and why? I would definitely choose Pope Francis. I think that his um, vision for the church is prophetic, and I would like for the opportunity to have a conversation with him Mm. about LGBTQ plus inclusion. You know, I was thinking about our beloved brother, Frank O'Donnell, earlier in this. So I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with him right now. Obviously, he was such 
um, an advocate, a warrior, a pusher for MSJC sometimes <laughs> against people's will, but just cared so much about MSJC existing and being really on the forefront of stuff. Was a chair for MSJC for nine years and recently passed away last year. My dream, I guess, would be every year just write him something and have him write back and check in with us on that. I think it's really nice to have. So I'd, I'd just love to get his continued thoughts and support. So I started to think of, of Marianist folks. And I think I would go Skip Matthews, Charlie Wanda, Mary Louise Foley, Paul Marshall, um, lots of them. But I, what really struck me is I think my Uncle Billy, um, my dad's brother who I never met. And I don't know a lot about, but I there are parts of me and my passion areas that I wonder if they come from him. Just that inkling, that start of maybe who I am and who I've become because of who he was. I'd be curious to know more.